Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. We thank you, Lord. I ask for a special anointing in this room. Thank you right now that you would draw every heart, every mind to you. Thank you, Lord, that every thought comes into captivity unto the obedience of Jesus Christ. We thank you that your word would go in like a two-edged sword and it would break up fallow ground and it would divide between truth and error, soul and spirit. We thank you right now, Lord, for truth in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In Jesus' name. Why don't you just put your hands up and say, I'm ready to receive the word. I open my heart to the truth of God's word. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I don't think we've ever been in a time before like this in any of our lives. And there is, there is uh, positive and negative things uh, to us not being able to meet for that period of time. I think the negative thing is that we miss family, we miss each other, we miss corporate, I miss corporate worship. I mean, there's nothing like, you know, the anointing of us. That was powerful this morning, guys. Thank you so much. I mean, that was just beautiful. There's nothing like us gathering together to worship. And so we miss those things. But I truly believe that God's hand is upon everything. Nothing happens to us unless God is orchestrating it or God is using it for his glory. Is that right? We know in Romans 8, I think verse 28, for God, we know that God turns everything around for good to those that love God. Listen to the next part. Those who are called according to God's purposes. Now, oftentimes we hear that and we think, well, that's good. That's all the people that are called to God's purposes. That's all the preachers and the important people. And But what about me? But what I'm trying to do as I preach to you over these weeks, is change your mindset to the them and us mentality back to the us mentality. Because the the, the thing is, you are called. The thing is, you are a priest. The thing is that you are a minister of the Most High God. And our job If we do it correctly, and I hope that we do, and I pray, God, that you'll give us the ability to do it well, is to equip you for the work of ministry. My job isn't to do the ministry and you watch and you all go, isn't she amazing? And then you go back to your live citizens. But my job is to, to, to... pull you out of your comfort zones, to pull you out of your normal lives 
and to reveal to you that you are a son or a daughter of the Most High God, and upon you and within you is the indwelling Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, and he wants to stand up on the inside of you and use you as a minister for the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever you are, in every moment of your life. And so what is the positive thing about us being out of church and being? I think God is trying to grow up his church. He's trying to get you out of codependence into dependence on him. He's trying to teach you how to pray, how to strengthen yourself in the word, how to read your Bible, how to dust it off and get it out and open it up and actually feed your own soul. He's maturing the body of Christ because unless we become maturity into the fullness of all that God has for us, we will never be equipped and ready for God to unveil and glorify his church, which he's about to do in these days. See, he wants to show his kids off. He wants to take the veil off the bride. He wants to unveil the bride and say, this is her, this is, she's amazing, look at her. And underneath that veil is, is, a, is a woman who's prepared or a, a church that has prepared themselves to be unveiled, to be exposed, to be revealed, who has come and, and has, has spent time in the presence of God so that they carry the likeness of God, so that they represent him to the earth. You are a representation of Jesus Christ to this earth. That's who you are. You carry him. You carry him inside of you. And so my prayer today is that as we unfold some scripture, what I want to do is, I mean, oftentimes we read scripture, but we don't eat it. Like we don't digest it. You know, the Lord wrote out on a scroll to Ezekiel, and then he said to Ezekiel, now eat it and digest it. And then go and speak. Eat it and digest it, and then go and tell my people. And so there, there's, a, there's an eating and a digesting of the word of God that we need in this day because the greatest thing that we need in our lives right now is truth. If you look across the world, everything that's happening, the war is not against black people, the war isn't against white people, the war isn't about, against, you know, against COVID. The war is over truth. It's over truth. And the enemy would love us to compromise truth and, 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 and bring down the standard of the word of God to the everyday thinking of human minds so that we are without power, that we're, that we're without a sword, we're without a shield, we're without the weapons of our war, and we sink into obscurity and become part of the culture of this earth. That's what he would love. But there is a church rising right now across the earth, and they're sitting in front of me right now. I'm looking at your faces. You're nodding. You're smiling. You're looking with eyes going, I know exactly what you're saying because God's been saying the same thing to me. And he's saying this, it's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. 
It's time to grow up. It's time to get up. It's time to read. It's time to pray. It's time to seek God. It's time to stand into your identity as a son and a daughter of God and carry the gospel message to this earth in the most pure, in the most beautiful, in the most natural way as he just bleeds out of you to a lost and dying world with oozing love that just opens any heart. That's who we are, the church. We're beautiful. We're absolutely beautiful. And it's time for us to arise and shine in the midst of this darkness. So I'm going to go through a scripture. It's not like me to, to teach. I should have Garth up here standing next to me, Pastor Garth, or Pastor Julie standing next to me to teach, or even Josh. They're probably all better teachers than me, even Pastor Phil. But today I'm going to teach you prophetically out of the Word of God, and we're going to eat some Scripture, chew on it, digest it, and then watch it change our lives. Now, to help me do this, I'm going to call my granddaughter up, and she's going to read some Scripture to you, and then we're going to unpack it. Because who knows that this is a generational move of God and that God is using every generation. And, and I'm, not, I'm not saying, Joey, you're 10 years old, you're going to be a preacher one day. I'm saying, Joey, you're 10 years old, you're a preacher right now. Amen? Amen. Amen. So it's time. It's time for all of us to realize who we are in Christ. So she's going to come up and read this scripture to her. And we'll put it on the screen so you can follow it through. You're right, sweetheart. You see? I can't. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Bless your word, God. Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save me from the fuller's snare and, sh- and deadly pestilence and he will cover you with feathers and under his wings and he will fi- and you will find refuge your faith his faithfulness will shield and rampart and you will not fear in the terror of night nor the arrows that fly by day nor the pestilence that stalk in the night nor the plague that destroys at midnight a thousand may fall at your side ten thousand at your right hand but it will not come near. You'll observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you take the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guide you in all your ways. They will lift up in in their hands, so that they will not strike your foot against a stone, so that you will tread on the lion and the cobra, you will trample the great lion and the serpent, because he loves me, says the Lord. I will rescue him, I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will not be him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Good girl, Joey. You take that then. Oh, look at going there. Thank you, darling. Isn't she gorgeous? 
Every one of your kids are called by God. Every one of them. And I prophesy there's going to be a move of God through the children. We've seen it before. We've seen the children be so touched by God that they're all over the floor in the kids' church room crying and interceding. And then we would carry them out here and we would get them to lay hands on the sick and the sick would recover. There's, we've seen it. Hallelujah. So, Psalm 91. Let's break it down. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, when you read the word dwell, he who dwells, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Yell out. Worship. Stay. Huh? Home. Reading the word. Yep. When I say to you, spend time with God, what comes to your mind then? Prayer. Most people will go, when I say to you, you need to spend more time with God, most people will go, I need to pray more. You're telling me I need to pray more. I need to lock myself away and I need to pray more. Because to get near God, I need to pray a lot. And this is a misconception that I want to break right now. Because, because yes, we need prayer. Absolutely, we need times of prayer, times of intercession, times of crying out, times of supplication, times when we bring our needs before God, times when we, you know, but, but, but let me say this to you. God wants a conversation and a relationship with you. He just doesn't need a list from you. He just doesn't need to hear. He just said he doesn't want to hear repetitive words. He wants to talk to you. He wants a conversation with you. So he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. When I say dwell, let's think about that word for a minute. Let's just unpack it. A lot of people were saying it. To dwell, to wait, to linger. You know, it's so hard for us in this generation to linger. I mean, you linger about two seconds and then the light goes on in your phone just to the corner of your eye. It's like, oh, I wonder who that is. I, want, I better just check that first. And then we try and linger again and, you know, some, everything beeps at us. What is the go with everything beeping at me? I get in the car, beep, 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 beep. I turn the oven on, beep, beep. I open the fridge, beep, beep. Be quiet. Just be quiet. So whenever we go to linger, the first thing the enemy will do is bring some kind of distraction to linger, to wait, to abide, to rest. And actually, to dwell actually means to sit. It actually means to sit. Just sit down. Just sit down. No, without the phone. Try and do that for a minute. We're so addicted. We are so addicted to that thing. Get that thing, put it outside. Play your music through something else. Shut the door. Put it on do not disturb, silent, whatever you need to do. And go into your room and sit down and dwell. Without distraction. You know, you're not that important. 
Well, let me put it this way. Is everything else more important than God? Whenever you look at that phone and you think, I better answer that text message, I just better answer that email, I better just check what there's, how many likes I've got on Facebook. Whenever you do that, you're saying to God, this is my idol. This is my idol because I need to be worshipped, not you. Because through the phone, we're learning how to be worshipped, amen? Anyway, that's another thing for another day. I saw everybody look at me like that. Yeah, it has touched my sacred cow. It means to sit, to dwell. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, to sit. You know, Psalm 23, 5 says this, He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. When we sit, linger, abide, rest at his table, he anoints our head with oil and our cup overflows. A couple of weeks ago, I've been speaking to you about the priestly anointing that the Lord wants to pour out on us. And you see, when the priest is to be anointed, the priestly anointing, he will sit down. He will sit down. And then the oil would be poured over his head and it would run down over his head, over his tunic. And some of it would fall on his feet, but the most would collect in his lap when he sits down. You see, I'm sitting down and he's pouring out oil that is going to overflow when I stand up. The oil flows down over my feet and everywhere I walk then, I'm walking in the anointing. I'm walking in the oil. From a seated dwelling position, I can stand up and the oil can flow down. That's what he means by he anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows. Amen? It's a priestly anointing. It's an outpouring, an overflowing. It's experience, you experience this through dwelling, through waiting, through lingering, through abiding, through resting. You know, in the years that I've served the Lord, my most effective ministry never comes from me trying to get a word. My most effective ministry never comes from me trying to get an anointing. Prophetic words that I get and prophetic visions that I get never come from me. Lord, you know, it never comes from that place. In fact, I don't go to be with God to get a word. I don't go to be with God to get an anointing. I go to be with Him because I love Him. And I sit with the one I love. I sit down with the one I love. And I love him. And I let him love me. And I give him time to love me. Love takes time. Do you know that? Any married couple will know that you've got to put the effort in. And it takes time. At the end of the night, you're laying in each other's arms in pure bliss. 
because you put the effort in and you put the time in to your relationship. There's a love that God wants to pour out upon you and that you need to pour out on him. There's an exchange. There's an exchange of heaven that happens when we just learn to dwell in his presence. You know, Bill Johnson talks about a dove that lands. You know, he says, how, how would you walk around if you had a dove on your shoulder? And he said that it was years ago he preached and it stuck with me. You know, if you, if you had a dove on your shoulder, how would you walk? You know, you walk really carefully because it's, it's, the, it's, it's, it's the Holy Spirit that lands on rest and peace. The Holy Spirit lands on that. I remember in my early days of preaching, you know, I was like, you know, quite fiery. And I remember this older lady, this older prophetic lady, she said, Julie, if you could just, if you could just relax a little. You know, maybe the Holy Spirit can flow through you better. I was like, okay, thank you. Um, so you don't need to try and hear God. So many people go, oh, I tried that, but nothing happened. You know, we'll do it again. And do it again. And do it again. Because it's not God that is not there. It's you that's not there. Do you know what I'm saying? He says that he will never leave us or never forsake us. Is that right? So do you, that means he's right here, right now. Yes. The Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, there I'll be in the midst of them. I will never leave you, I'll never forsake you. So he's there. So God is there. So it's not like God's hiding. It's like, yeah, 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 give it your best shot. You know, I'll just, I might just leave you struggle for a while. Then I might just come eventually. No, God is there waiting for you. It's not God that needs to move. It's you. It's God, it's your head that needs to get clear. It's your mind that needs to get space. It's your thinking that needs to be transformed. It's your trauma that needs to be still. It is your, your perception of who Father is that needs to change. In his presence, in the presence of him, when we dwell in his presence, he changes us from glory to glory with ever-increasing glory into his very likeness. There's no other way you can become like him except to be with him. Except to be with him. And then after a while when I'm sitting with him and and I put that thought out there and I put that thought away and I put that thought away and I move that thing that's distracting me, you know, because I'm creative, so visually things distract me. Josh knows that. When, I'm, when, when he's recording our sermons, he just goes, do you want me to move that? Because, yep, I can't preach with that there. It's like that. So I move things, I move things around. I make sure I'm in a room where I'm not distracted. I make sure there's no noise. I might put music like I'm playing right now, just some piano music, just something that's not going to distract me, not going to take me anywhere except where he wants me to be. And then I just sit and I kept emptying. I keep emptying. And I keep, you've got a war for it. There's a battle in your mind and you've got to fight for it. This is the maturity of a Christian, you know, I'm with him every day, every second of every day, and I still have to fight the next time I go in because the enemy doesn't want you to be there. Your head doesn't want you to be there. Your soul doesn't want to be there. There's a battle going on inside of you between your soul and your spirit and right and wrong, and it's all happening. you just got to wait. 
You just got to stay there. And then all of a sudden, you'll feel the atmosphere change like that. You know when he's in the room. You know when he's in the room because it changes. And then it's like you just breathe. And you just breathe him in. Sometimes you can't even speak because it's too beautiful. When he's there, it's too beautiful to even speak. Sometimes love is so deep that you can't speak. There's no, what can I say? What can I say? What can I say when he's there? And then after a while, I'll just start to tell him I love him. And I'll I'll pour out my heart to him. And then I wait. Because the conversation is a two-way street. And I wait. And you know what? He can say one word to me in that moment or a sentence and I could live off that for a month. It's just like I come alive. The Word of God from the mouth of God, it aligns me. It transforms me. It goes deep down into the, into the deep recesses of, of, of the image that he's creating inside of me that is like him. He reminds me of who I am. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. You know, when I've been in that space, Then when I come out of that space, I'm actually carrying his likeness. It's like, it's like I'm carrying his likeness. This is what he wants from us, you know, like he doesn't want you to strive and try hard. He just wants to love his kids enough and be with us enough that as we behold him, we become like him. And then we carry this. We carry this likeness and our cup overflows with the very source of life, which is Jesus himself. How do you think we're going to see miracles, signs and wonders? How do you think that we're going to see a massive outpouring of God? The outpouring... You know, the Bible says that the glory of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. How can the glory of God cover the earth as the waters cover the sea unless the glory is in you, in each and every one of you, and it overflows? It just overflows. And the hardest atheist when you carry the likeness of God, will melt in his presence. The hills melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. I'm telling you, there's an anointing he wants us to carry right now that we have never, the earth has never experienced it before. Whoa, talk about, you know, Moses carrying the glory, having to wear a veil over his face because of the glory. We won't be wearing any veils, people. He's unveiling his bride. 
and the glory will be seen on you, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 60. The other day, I had so much on my mind, so much going on, isn't there? I mean, you watch enough of the news, you feel like you're going mental. It's like, what else can go wrong? It's like, it's crazy world. And all this stuff going on, and I just, I just went to sit with him. My mind was crazy, and I'm putting things up, putting things up. And just as I sat there, I saw him walk into the room, and he had a table set. And he said to me, sit down, Julie. Just sit down. And I went to say, well, you don't know what's going on. It's like blah, 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 as women do, blah, 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 blah. And all the men said, amen. And there's some men that blah, 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 too, you know. And, and you're just going blah, 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 blah. And, and he just goes, shh, 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 I don't, I don't want you to talk about any of that stuff. If you don't mind, I'd just like to have a little meal with you. Can we just have a meal without talking about that stuff? Oh, okay. So I sat down at the table with him. And he's just loving on me. He's giving me food from heaven that I know not of. He's giving me drink from heaven that I know not of. I mean, we're hardly even talking. It's just sitting there with him. It's the most beautiful thing to sit at his table. And then he said this to me. You know why you're sitting, I'm moving. Do you know why you're sitting, I'm working. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You know, the Passion Translation says it this way. When you sit enthroned under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. When you sit enthroned, what does that mean, enthroned? Ephesians 2, 6 to 7 says this, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages, hello, in order that in the coming ages, we're actually in the coming ages, I think so, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us, in Jesus Christ. He raised us up and seated us with Christ Jesus. We, when we sit, when we dwell enthroned in heavenly places where we're supposed to sit, not here, we're not supposed to sit here, we're not supposed to sit amongst the muck and the mire and the mess. No, he raises us up. And so I'm sitting at this table with the Lord and we're just like hardly speaking and he's pouring his love out all over me and, and I've forgotten about all the mess and all the troubles because I'm just with him and everything makes sense when he's around. And then he just takes my hand, he said, come on, I want to show you something. And he just, we stepped into what was an elevator without walls or doors. It was just like bars. And, and he said, come on, let's go. And so we started going up. Up, 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 up. And we got way up. And then he said, come out. 
and he stepped out onto a cloud, and I, I know this sounds crazy, but it happened. And I stepped out onto a cloud with him. And then he just sat down cross-legged. And I sat down cross-legged next to him. And we just gone like this, looking down. And then he was smart. He said, looks better from up here, doesn't it? And I just went, yep. It just looks like we can do this. From up here, we can do this, you know. And so it's that place of being in getting up above the mess Getting up above, when you dwell with him, you get up above the noise. And it says in Revelations 4:1, after this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And, and the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. You know, the Passion Translation again. Then suddenly, after I wrote down these messages, I saw a heavenly portal open before me, and the same trumpet voice I heard speaking with me at the beginning broke the silence and said, Ascend into this realm. I want to reveal to you what must happen after this. Anybody want to know what's going on? Anyone, anybody want to have an answer for somebody that asks? He said he will reveal it to us, what will happen after this, if we just go with him. If we just sit down, think about it. Sit down. It's opposite to everything we think we should do. I've got to do, I've got to, I've got to fix. I mean, I'm a fixer. I want to fix everything. I want to fix everybody. Now sit down, Julie. Just sit down. Just be with me. When you're sitting, I'm moving. When you're sitting, I'm moving. When you're sitting, I'm working. Amen. And the next part he says, I will save the Lord. He's my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. When you feel his massive arms wrapped around you, his wraparound presence, it is in God. Just trust God. But you must experience those Father's arms around you. You have to be in that place of dwelling where Father has a chance to grab hold of you and hold you and hug you and make you feel safe. Amen? You know, you know what it felt like? You remember when you were a kid? I mean, I do it with my grandkids now. I do, and I put a big sheet over the table and then they all crawl in underneath and it's like a cubby house. You remember what it felt like to be kind of in that cubby house where you're just alone? It's just like, this is so cool. I feel so safe in here. This is like no one knows where I am. This is like my secret place. Do you know what I'm talking about? Huh? See, he wants us to develop a secret place. He wants us to develop a place where we go and nothing's there, just me and him, just us. And you feel this wraparound presence around you. And you begin to trust him. Trust is something that is earned. It's something that you learn. It's not something that, oh, wow, I just trust God right now. It's like, you know, I'm going to spend time with you and I'm going to trust you a little bit more. I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to trust you a little bit more. You'll take away the layers of my misconceptions of what a father is. You'll, you'll take away the layers of my pain and my trauma and my upbringing and all the stuff. Lord, as I wait upon you, you're going to transform me. You're going to transform me into a child that knows how to trust their father. You're going to transform me to see with pure eyes of truth that actually see you as you are, not as I perceive you to be. You will transform me into your likeness. Hallelujah. And then the next line says, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Have you ever thought 
how big God's shadow is? If it says that his thumb and his little finger is the expanse of the universe, the expanse of the universe is his thumb and his little finger. Now, and then we read that, we just go, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, and we just read on. But just stop for a minute. You mean, God, if I dwell in your presence, when I walk out of this place, that I'm actually under your shadow, that actually your shadow is covering me, and it doesn't matter how fat I get, he's going to be still covering me. That's a good, good news for all of us dieting women. He's still there. He's big. He's enormous. God is his shadow. His shadow. I think, you know, just like one section of him, we could cover the whole earth. And who am I to be afraid if I'm under the shadow of the Almighty? Amen? Under the shadow of the Almighty in the secret place. And then it goes on to say, surely he shall cover you. He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. What's a fowler? A bird hunter. Thank you, Fleur. A fowler is one who sets traps for birds and the birds are caught by the feet in the snare when the fowler pulls on an attached cord and with a quick tug and the bird is stuck like that. He's saying that he's going to deliver you from that. He's going to deliver you from traps that are set for you by the enemies. You know, people say, oh, why did that bad happen to you? Now, where's God when I need him? Well, have you dwelt? Have you dwelt? Because if you dwell, he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the, and from the perilous pestilence. You want, you, want, you want a vaccine for COVID? Dwell. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. I remember there was this time when we were first pioneering the church. I mean, it's crazy. And, you know, we, 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 we really came in with prayer, 10 years of prayer and fasting before we even started the church, walking the streets, taking down the altars of the enemy, praying the Jehovah's Witnesses out, praying the Freemasons out, praying anything, and the, the Islamic everything, we're just praying it out and all these things are leaving town because we're preparing a place where someone's going to come and start a church. Someone's going to come, oh, Lord, send that mighty pastor, send him. And, you know, and, of course, God just turns around and goes, you. Oh, no, we can't speak here and it's you. And so we, we start this church and, I mean, everything in hell is coming against us. It's all going on. I'm teaching my children Psalm 91 to memorize it just to survive. It's just the most, you know, my little three-year-old daughter has Psalm 91 written all over her wall. You know, what's your bedtime story, Psalm 91? It's like, you know, memorize it now, you know. And because uh, all my daughters are prophetic and they see and so it was all crazy. Anyway, there was, there was just a whole bunch of cursing and witchcraft going on and the witches would ring up and they'd go, want to do some gibberish over the phone. i go, kids, don't pick up the phone. It's like, you know. And so this one particular day, I was vacuuming and I, I've got four kids, a little baby, I'm vacuuming, a brand new church. I'm just trying to get the housework done while the baby's asleep, as all us mums do. 
And the Lord says to me, turn that off and lay down on the floor. I said, oh, are you kidding? Are you kidding, God? I mean, I have got an hour till the baby wakes up and I've got to clean this whole house and you want me to lay on the floor. And all the mums can recognise what I'm talking about. So anyway, in obedience, I turned it off and I lay down on the floor in the lounge room, no music, no nothing. I said, okay, here I am. What's going on? And the next minute, I felt, first of all, I heard it, heard that, and then I felt these feathers like that. Like I could actually see the white feathers and I could actually feel them right over my body. And he said, oh, I just need to hide you for a minute. I need to hide you. And I laid there under those feathers just feeling so safe, so protected, so hidden. It was amazing. And, and he, then he took the feathers away. He said, okay, you can finish vacuuming now. The phone rang. It was witches on the phone. And I just went, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ah! hung up. It was like, I've been under his feathers. You know what I mean? You can't touch me. Are you kidding? His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. The most important weapon, as I said at the beginning, in this day is that we need the truth. Now look, this is the standard. There is no other standard of truth. This is it. This is it right here. And what what we've done in the church, unfortunately, is we say, well, that's the standard of truth, and as it stands right now, that's about the standard of the world. So we're doing good. We're doing good. Then the standard of the world drops, and we just go, oh, look, we really need to relate and love people. Let's just bring it down just a little, just a little. Then the standard of the world drops, and we go, oh, you know, we can compromise a little bit. I mean, they love each other. You know, it's all good. You know, we'll just take that, we just won't read that bit very often. We bring it down and we, we lower, we lower, the, the standard is here. It is the word of God. There is no other standard. This is the only truth that we can fight with. We cannot compromise it. We cannot change it. We cannot take bits out of it. We cannot say, we cannot say, well, you know, it says in here this, but you know, for your case, I totally get it. No, I, I am, and you should be fighting for eternal souls. I'm fighting for eternity, not for your pleasure right now. I'm not fighting for you to have a nice, pleasurable life right now. I'm fighting for you to have an eternal life, an eternal life. And I will war with the truth of the word of God and will not compromise. Yes, I love you. I love you so much that I want you to have eternal life, that I want you to have the truth, that I want you to live the fullness of God has for you, the truth. Anyway, that's a whole message in itself, isn't it? You shall not be afraid of the terror of night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at midday. You know, right now there is like a spirit of fear that's trying to attach itself, and it has been for the last 10 years, slowly growing. You know, I remember about 10 years ago, 
we had the tent out there and, and I was praying in the tent and I had this vision of a black cloud that covered the earth and the Lord said, it's coming. There's a deluge of fear that's coming that's going to attach itself to the whole earth. And, it, you know, before that you didn't hear people having anxiety and, and it, it wasn't that big, do you know what I mean, 10 years ago. But now it was like catapulting, catapulting, catapulting. But you know this? 1 John 4.18 says, His perfect love casts out fear. So you're saying to me, Pastor Julie, to overcome this massive stronghold spirit that's over the whole earth, that's like a black thick cloud that's all over everyone, that's attacking people's nervous systems and changing their, their makeup, it's, it's causing all this havoc on the earth. Do you mean that I, don't, I can overcome that spirit, which is a spirit, by just dwelling? You mean just by being with Jesus, just by dwelling, just by hanging out, just by sitting, just by abiding, that that fear will have no hold over me as perfect love casts out fear. Because you know what perfect love does? It gets rid of all the places where fear can attach to you. Perfect love comes and perfect love changes me on the inside and those, those places where fear could get in, those places where fear can attach, those memories, those things that, you know, just make us vulnerable to fear. The Lord comes and begins to transform us in his perfect love. Perfect love casts out all fear. Amen. For God not has, has not given us a spirit of fear. It's a spirit. God didn't give you that. But he gave us a spirit of love, power, and sound mind. It's a spirit. You mean that I can take this spirit off and put that spirit on? You mean there's a divine exchange that can happen if I just dwell with God? Yes, I do. I do. It may not happen overnight, but you stay there. You keep going back. It will happen. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but will not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. And I could go into that. I could preach a whole sermon on that about Noah, how God put the righteous into an ark and protected them, and the whole destruction came on the earth, but his people are always protected. His people are always protected. You will only see the things about you. It's not going to come near you. A thousand will fall at your side, 10,000 at your other side, and you're just standing in the middle. Whoa. I'll be a wall of fire around you. I'll be protection. I'll put you under my wings. I'll cover you with my shadow. I'll hide you in the secret place. Nothing's going to come near you. No pestilence, no disease. Nothing's going to come near you. Amen? And then it says, and I'm nearly finished, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor any plague come near your dwelling. You know, the key word here is because. Because. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, the most high your what? Dwelling place. Your dwelling place. The key word is because, but other translations say if. If 
you make the Lord your dwelling place. No plague will come near your tent. If, 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 if. We need to underline if. Because we need to be serious in this day and very strategic and look after our own souls, look after our own spiritual health and learn how to dwell with God like we never have before. Stop making excuses. I say that to myself every day. You think it's easy for us? It's easy for anybody? It's not easy. We all have busy lives. We all have distractions. We all have stuff. We all have moods. I often wake up in the morning and I think, you know, I've got to have my prayer time. I've got to have my dwelling time with God. It's like, I just don't feel like it. I feel like a hamburger. Don't ask why I feel like a hamburger in the morning because I'm starving because I'm on a diet. You know, I just don't feel like it. And then I'll sit in my chair and there's, oh, well, it's nothing here. I must just give up. You know, I go through those times and then I hear the Lord say, stay, dwell, 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 dwell. How long do I dwell? Until. How long do I dwell? Until. And persist, 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 persist at it. Because I'm telling you, it's only you that has to move, not God. And it says, For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot upon a stone. Hebrews 1.14 Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? There are angels right there waiting. And you know, we don't command the angels. I don't say, I command you angels to come and look after me. No, he said, he shall command his angels. So I say, Lord, I said it this morning on the way here. Lord, would you command your angels over our church this morning? Would you command your angels to fill the space? Would you command your angels right now and we, to, to, to root out anything that is not of you, God, and to fill this void with your glory and with your praise and with your worship? Would you command your angels? I do it over my grandchildren every day, over my children every day. Lord, command your angels concerning them. Send them, Lord. Go into the second heaven, Lord, and war over our lives. War over the second heaven. Let the earth know there's a war in the second heaven. Angels, everywhere we need them, they are there. And it says, you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. Demonic spirits will be under your feet because once you've been dwelling with him, they will see and know the authority that you're actually walking in. You will be squishy when you walk around. The anointing oil will be on your feet when you walk around and demons will flee. They will flee. You won't even have to tell them to go. They will flee. Amen? They will not come near you. And then it says here, and again we see because twice, because he set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him and what? Set him on high. What's on high? A stronghold, a cave, a fortress. Whenever in the Old Testament they needed to go somewhere where there was that, that where they were safe and where it was the optimal place where they could fight from, they would go to a high place and they would go into a cave. And from that position, they could see the enemy down there and they knew how. The enemy couldn't get at them. It was a stronghold. He said, because he has set his love on me, 
Because, again, because, because you've set your love on me. I'm setting my love on you, God. I'm setting my heart on you, God. I'm positioning myself in alignment. I'm positioning myself to be with you, to dwell with you. I'm setting my heart upon you. And then he will take you to a stronghold, a cave, a high place. Because he has known my name. You know, it's, we need to know the power of the name of Jesus Christ again. We need to be reminded daily the power in the name of Jesus Christ. And we says, it says here in Philippians 2, 8 to 11, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by coming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue shall acknowledge, I'm gonna read that again, I did it wrong. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. It's time to start using that name again. In the name of Jesus Christ, I take authority over the atmosphere in my home. In the name of Jesus Christ, I take authority over the atmosphere in my head. In the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke you, devil. In the name of Jesus Christ, I'm going to stand up in all that he has paid for me. And I'm going to stand in the authority that he has given me because I know his name. He says, he shall call upon my name and I will answer him. Amen. And we call upon the name of the Lord and he says he will answer us to a conversation. Oh, I just spend so much time with God, I never hear his voice. He has promised you right here, if you dwell, it says he will answer you. Two-way conversation. Hallelujah. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honour him. God wants to honour you. He's about to put his kids on display. God is about to vindicate you. Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon forged against you shall prevail and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and this is their vindication from me. No weapon forged against you shall prosper. This is their vindication from me. People are gonna look at you and go, what is it about you? You know, how come you're so blessed? How come, how come you know, things... You know, you don't get sick or this doesn't happen or that or, or you were sick and then God delivered you out of it. What is that? You know, and you'll just say, this is the vindication. I'm being vindicated. God is showing himself through me. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. All of this whole scripture, Psalm 91, I want to encourage you to go home and eat it. It's time to start digesting the word of God as if it's truth. It's time to grow up and we can only grow up by getting this inside of us. This is the sword that we fight with. This is the weapon of our warfare. This is the truth that sets us free and it's the truth that will ultimately set the world free. Amen? It's the truth that will set them free, not compromise, the truth will ultimately set them free. Amen? And I just read this yesterday in closing. 
Indeed, through his own gracious revelation of himself, we can understand God in part, but we can never fully comprehend him or even a single one of his qualities. There will always be more of his wisdom to understand, more of his power, more of his holiness, and more of his love. We will never fathom him and we will never tire of him. Through all eternity, we will look upon him and marvel at the endlessly creative, wonderfully gracious, uniquely righteous, timelessly beautiful, unsearchably glorious, infinite, loving maker and ruler. But there's more. When we say God wants to come and bring more, don't ever be satisfied. There's so much of him to discover. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.